This time on episode 494 of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., we discuss the 2023 Disney Plus show, What If? Season 2, Episodes 4 through 6. I'm Anthony Sitko from Capes on the Couch, a show that examines the mental health issues of comic book characters, part of the Guinea Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other stupendously geeky shows at GuineaGeekNetwork.com. Raised on X-Men, empowered by the Avengers, strengthened by the Defenders, webbed by Spider-Man, adopted by the Fantastic Four, and forged by S.H.I.E.L.D. Stand by for your Marvel debriefing. And now it's time for your Marvel debriefing. I'm Agent Lauren. I'm Agent Michelle. I'm Agent Chris. And I'm producer of the show, Director SP. Welcome to Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. The show is recorded on Saturday, January 13th, 2024, live from the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. studios and broadcast multiverse-wide. Come and join our live chat as we record. And we're going to be covering What If? episodes four through six this time. Lauren, you weren't with us last time, but you're here today. Welcome back. How did you watch the series? Glad to be back. And after fighting with the Disney Plus app on my TV all week, I gave up and watched it on my phone yesterday. I binged episodes one through six. All right, Michelle, what exactly did we watch this week? We watched Iron Man Crashed into the Grandmaster, premiered December 25th, 2023. Tony Stark challenges the Grandmaster, leading to a Grand Prix turned demolition derby death match. Captain Carter fought the Hydra Stomper. Premiered December 26, 2023. Captain Carter's mission to save Steve Rogers sets her on a collision course with new enemies. Kohori reshaped the world. Premiered December 27, 2023. A Mohawk woman ventures into the waters of the Forbidden Lake to help save her people. Chris, what did you think about these three episodes? We're on the road to something big, aren't we? Because it's just oozing big story energy. I forgot how much I liked the what ifs, which really shouldn't be a surprise because they're basically fanfic and I love AU fanfics. I'm glad we got a break from all the pulp culture references. Too many would have made the season dull for me. I'm loving when we get to the build upon episodes. I re- seem to recall, I don't remember what exact episode it was, but it was in the mid season in season one. So I'm glad we're finally getting to those, even though we kind of had them all along, we definitely are getting them now. So I kind of love them, but I realized that what if is supposed to be standalone for the large part. So I enjoy those episodes too. We're going to start our discussion with the Iron Man and Grandmaster episode. And Michelle, we get a character from last season. Yes, we learn about Gamora from last season. The Gamora that was part of the multiverse hero team. And Chris, we get sucked into some sort of uh, sport. So the thing here is the Grandmaster really likes his races, and I saw this, and maybe it's influenced by something I'm going to be doing later today, but it just really seemed like Tony was sucked into somebody making Speed Racer a reality. 
what with all the cars and the shooting and everything and just attacking other racers. Yeah, Speed Racer is definitely one that I would go to, but there are others, right, Lauren? <laughs> the first thing I thought was pod racing is totally wizard. And I was thinking the beginning of Ready Player One. <laughs> that's in there. I mean, there's so many analogies that can be made on this, but they definitely made a specific take on the death race or whatever we want to call it. Right, Michelle? Well, this is Death Race 2000 meets Iron Man 2 meets a bit of Mad Max meets Mario Kart. Yeah, many, many references that can be made here. But I enjoyed it. It was fun and they were able to do it in, in a decent way. We also had different characters in there. We had Valkyrie, but if you didn't know, then, you know, Michelle? Her name is not said until the end. So if you've never watched anything with Valkyrie in it, you're like, who is this woman who's really cool and can take a drink better than Tony Stark? You don't know until the end who that person is. It was funny when they were at the bar. She said, this is top shelf. And he takes a drink and then falls on the floor. <laughs> but Val is very specific. She becomes king wherever she is right mm -hmm. destined to become king in every reality and it doesn't matter what planet she's on quick question when they hit the grandmaster with a melt stick do you think he eventually melted completely or do you think he's just still like a head on a puddle talking at people i pictured him kind of like odo with the ooze in the bucket from star trek <laughs> sponge me you do see him as that flat entity at the end. What was the sponge me from, or did he just make that up? Because I thought that was a reference for something. It reminded me of Moisturize Me from Doctor Who. Oh, yes. Yes, Moisturize Me. That's where I was at. I was thinking the flat 2D character reminds me of Doctor Who, but not on the floor. That was more of Odo. But, yeah, the Grandmaster eventually gets uh, defeated? I guess, and he might not be the only one defeated here, but we didn't get a resolution to that. I just sense that that's an open story for another time. Plot threads are how you make the future. Yeah, I'm talking about Thanos there at the very end. I'm digging the hanging threads. It's like, okay, I like these episodes. Let's revisit this at a later date. But we had cute moments, too. We had Taika Waititi coming in and reprising his role as Corrigan. Cork just says the most ridiculous things, but he makes a new friend. Well, I think he was already friends with Snuffleupagus, the attack Harry, there's a word that I'm thinking, Mastodon type guy. He goes from the biggest friend to the smallest friend with the little chinchilla. Them throwing chinchillas killed me. <laughs> I mean, it's like Food, too. If you're having a food shortage, wouldn't you want to eat those? They're too cute. Yeah, but guinea pigs are cute and people eat guinea pigs. I don't. I said people. They're bigger than chinchillas. Are they? They're about the same size, I thought. Didn't Chewie eat a pork in Star yes. Wars? Yes, he did. Well, he was going to, but then one was making like sad eyes at him. Oh, and he stopped. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. All right. 
Disney has a track here. I enjoyed the first episode that we're covering here, the fourth episode of, of what if it, it was fun to watch on Christmas day. I was stuck in my recliner in the great room. So it was nice to have something new to come on, but yeah, it was, it was fun. Any other things about grandmaster? The voice acting from the returning movie actors was pretty solid. Actually, that kind of goes most of the way through the series. Yeah, and I was taking a note of that as well. Not all of the characters are voiced by their movie actors. And this is one specifically, like Iron Man was not. Yeah, Mick Wingert, who voices him, voices him in like all of the Marvel animated stuff these days. Does a really good job. But Jeff Goldblum was in here. Tessa Thompson was in here. Taika was in here. Rachel House was in here as Topaz. It was, it was fun seeing Topaz again. I love Rachel House. <laughs> Just repeating and, and directing and that sort of stuff. And uh, when her car got stuck on the side of the road. Come on, pretty car. Let's go. I do want to make a brief mention of unlikely partnerships, but we'll come back to that later. All right. Moving on to Captain Carter and the Hydra Stormer. I mean, I like that it starts in a familiar place. We're getting a lot of what if the fight in New York changed a different way, like the Grandmaster one, Tony didn't come back. And then here, this one starts in the same fight as well. I think it's interesting how much we're going back to that first Avengers movie. Even if it's a totally different team, yeah. And Chris, did you pick up all the references? Well, you had RoboCop. You had them talking about people being frozen in carbonite. And most importantly, you had Steve pulling off his great impression of the Iron Giants. <laughs> he did. Even the, the, the jets, the, the rockets, were very familiar with Iron Giant. But... I mean, there's beloved characters here, right, Lauren? Yeah. So every time Captain Carter shows up in a piece of media, I feel like I gain a year of life. I just love her so much. I was at a comic store yesterday and they had a bunch of Captain Carter stuff. And it took everything in me not to just go wild. I know the comic book series was like only five episodes or whatever but it's wildly successful that they're very expensive on the you know on the secondary market right now but it'd be nice getting more from this i want a captain carter series i know i am not the only one and i would love it if it was a team up with black widow yes especially after seeing how Every little bit of Peggy trying to see the Steve that she knew, you could just see all of the sadness leaking out of Widow's eyes. And that town in Sokovia, first of all, Sokovia, I mean, it just keeps on getting mentioned, but every Marvel Universe apparently also has to have a town in Sokovia that is demolished. Even if it's a crazy, wicked, evil black widow town <laughs> yeah it's a potemkin village just kind of there creepily and those robots very creepy i mean i would have thought that the robots were going to be creepy when i first got in there because they were creepy 
and like I don't trust them, but they were walking down like it's no big deal. I mean, they're there for the ambiance <laughs> and the bullets mm-hmm. until they start shooting. <laughs> so it was nice seeing all those returning Black Widows from Black Widow. This is one of the returning actors I didn't think that put in that great of a performance. I love Rachel Weiss, but it was a short part and you could tell she just kind of did it and got it over with, I feel like. I mean, when they tell you you're going to be and end up with a leg wrapped up in a cord and you're going to be thrown up into an exploding ship. I mean, okay. Do I really put a lot of effort into it? Maybe she literally phoned it in. That's kind of what I'm thinking. The accent was not consistent in a lot of places. But again, I love her. Sometimes physical acting doesn't translate well to voice acting and vice versa. There's a reason I can never, ever, ever do physical acting. I don't know if this was covered. I don't think it was covered underneath the strikes that happened last year. So the recording might have been sporadic when it actually happened because of all the chaos going on in the studio. I'm not, I have no idea how the production affected this or not. I don't think it did for a lot of people. So this anomaly definitely stands out. Yeah, as far as I know, this would be covered under the, the TV animation agreement, which is a different thing from the film actors agreement. I did like the action, though. In this episode, the particularly the multiple battles that were going on, both in the Triskelion and in Sokovia. The way that they had those two separate battles just intermingled there, where you had our main protagonist fighting against their old family like that. And just Peggy versus Steve as the Hydra Stomper, our Black Widow versus the rest of the Widows, and just having... Almost like, you know, Peggy throws a punch and then we see widows getting hit and just the transitions they had in there, I think were amazing. It's so hard to animate action. Not only are you, you have to animate each sort of movement. And so it was very fluid and those cuts you're animating when you're going to have an edit cut. Very smooth, very impressive. When the widows were going through the fence, that was a particular moment that I remember where they're all going through the fence differently, through a different hole, high, low, middle, whatever. And they did it very well. I was looking at the um, just the animation on that, thinking, oh, here we go, here's Archer animation. But it wasn't. It was a step above. So It makes me wonder if they used, like... Um Essentially, it's, it's rotoscoping. Essentially, you have somebody do the performance and then the animators, like not necessarily motion capture, maybe motion capture. I have no idea. It's a lot easier to do action with something like that, though. At the end, even the watcher gets surprised. Well, you know, you have the watcher. He's just there and talking to Peggy. And then all of a sudden she gets sucked through a hole. Which. Best part is that's not even the best part, because who do we have show up at the end? We'll get back to that. Maybe it's second right now, but more so later. Yeah. The final episode that we're going to cover today got a lot of play when it first came out, because 
basically you're talking about an entirely new character. And I love that we get an origin character story within What If, and I think this character is going to be around for a while. There's a lot to unpack here. Uh, Michelle, let's talk about the language. In a lot of movies, you hear the character start to speak in the language and you get some subtitles and then they go in for the close-up and then all of a sudden it magically turns into English so we no longer have to read. I was so happy that they kept the languages throughout the episode. It's fine to read subtitles and the fact that it's Spanish and we get Mohawk. What an impressive way to capture the time and to just stand on their own two feet and say, we're going to tell this origin story the way it needs to be told. And I think that having the two different languages here being heard was really important because you had people who couldn't necessarily understand each other in the story. And with how these Marvel things have been put together, it's almost like everybody has a translator implanted into their brain in the Marvel universe. So everybody can just understand everybody else. And it's not a big deal. But in this story, part of the story is the fact that, you know, not all your Mohawk people and your Spanish people are going to be able to understand each other. Yeah. I do appreciate having the authenticity of the languages in there. I, particularly since I have to watch close captioning anyway, it wasn't that big of a deal for me. But I do know a lot of people did not care for having to watch close captioning in one episode of a show that it wasn't a big deal for the rest of the episodes. So it definitely stood out. And you had the new character and then you had the language to deal with. But then you also had the fact that you're going back in time. So I really liked the 1602 comic when it came out. I really prefer this where it's, hey, actual focus on the indigenous people of the area. And with that, I also want to give a shout out to Kahori's voice actor, Devery Jacobs, who is also going to appear in Echo. But she is. She's having an amazing career right now. She's been leads in movie like Blood Quantum, Rhymes for Young Ghouls, which is tough, but very good. She's in Reservation Dogs. Like I said, Echo coming up. This just she has a career to watch. Get in on the ground floor. Well, we're we're on like the first or second floor now, but still. The story for this episode was told very well. You basically had the entire episode being the training montage where there wasn't a specific, okay, we're going to train you now, but in the buildup to her powers, she was training more and more to the point where they had the big final battle and they were able to win against the invaders. And then they even went to the queen's courtroom and they were saying, look, there's more than enough for everybody here. Let's just get along because what affects you affects us. But they were able to say that message with some power behind it to be taken seriously. So there was some benefit to the way that they look at life and against how the Europeans were looking at it. So 
it was a, a, a good commentary, but also just a good story, especially with the training montage. We do want to have a brief mention of that language usage again, but we'll come back to that. Yeah. A lot of build upon. We're going to come back to a lot of that in the final three episodes of the series, which we're going to be talking about next time. But before we get there, any final thoughts on these three episodes? Michelle, we'll start with you. Interesting ties to previous seasons. Well, the previous season of What If? There's only one, Michelle. And the canon films, such as the first Avengers movie, Black Widow, and Winter Soldier. Just real quick, from the Kahori episode, I just wanted to point out there's shades of Black Panther and the Matrix in there, which I thought was really interesting. I think these episodes have all been really strong so far for me. They've all just kind of been hitting right. And I'm looking forward to finishing the season. And it looks like we're supposed to be getting a third one, according to IMDb. I'm going to say this in the most elegant way that I can possibly pull off right now. My official final thought after these episodes is squee. And I am not going to make the actual noise because I'm not going to make y'all listen to that. It was definitely a fun series to watch so far the first six episodes i was all in i was on social media and in our discord server saying if you haven't watched it you need to watch it it's so cool and i wasn't the only one there were several people in there so that was really cool as a news note by the way the showrunner and chief writer for these episodes ac bradley on the finale episode announced her departure not only from the series but from marvel we might get into that a little bit more next time ac bradley is not the only genius behind this but was definitely the show running main front of everything and it will be a sore loss for not only what if season three which has been confirmed but marvel in general so we wish ac bradley the best as i said the last episode she's welcome to come on this podcast at any time so next episode we will be talking about season two episodes seven through nine of what if that is the last three episodes moving up into the finale they are fun If you haven't watched them yet, you probably should. If you have anything to say about our coverage of What If so far or the final three episodes, please get a hold of us. The best way is on our Discord server, which you can find at goodygeek.com slash Discord. But we also have a voicemail line, 844-THE-BUS-1 or 844-843-2871. Following our coverage of What If, we will be talking about the Echo series that just dropped all five episodes. There's been a lot of talk about that on our Discord server as well. I am looking forward to covering that. All right. Until next time, I'm Director SP. I'm Agent Lauren. I'm Agent Michelle. And I'm Agent Chris. And we have a lot of dead time to fill. So let's talk about Robocop. I want to watch (laughs) Robocop. I haven't watched that in years. When's the last time you watched it? Decades. I think it, yeah, because that's how old that. it is. I think maybe sometime between eight and ten years. Yeah, coming to the realization that Deep Space Nine is thirty-year-old sci-fi, and not the original Battlestar Galactica, has just been a gut punch. RoboCop, the capitalist dream. The guy dies and still makes himself go to work. Thank you for listening. The intro music heard on this podcast is Great Marvels of the World by Lynn Publishing, found on Pond5.com. 
The outro music heard on this podcast is Cinematic Trailer by Ed Records, found on audiojungle.net. Other transitional music on this podcast is found on incompetech.com, audiojungle.net, and pond5.com. For more information about this podcast, please visit legendsofshield.com. Excelsior! Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is copyright 2013 through 2024. Thing was in the Kahori episode. It comes back at the end, big one, because I was falling asleep last night as we were rewatching these. We made the mistake of watching Taskmaster before we started watching these, which isn't a mistake in itself, except for the fact that it pushed the timing back and kept me up later. <laughs> I need to catch up with Taskmaster. I think I left off in like season ten. 11. Oh, and now there's the New Zealand seasons. Yeah. What are you talking about? Oh, okay. So it's this show from the UK called Taskmaster. I found out about it because somebody wrote an essay about how it's basically just thinly veiled king. And I was like, well, this sounds wild. Let me check it out. And the whole thing is there is Greg Davis, the comedian. He is the Taskmaster. He's the the guy that gives everyone these tasks. And then there's little Alex Horn, who's giant, but since Greg Davis is like six, seven or something. So they joke about that a lot. And he's the guy who is, it's actually his show. He's the one that comes up with all the tasks, but he's also the one that whenever they have to do stuff, they're like, you hold this, you wear this, you do this. Greg basically just asked them to do random things. And they get, judged and awarded points based on how well they did the thing yeah it's it's one of those technically correct is the best kind of correct things like i think it was the new zealand one where their task was to like steal something and one of the contestants was like i stole your girlfriend (laughs) (laughs) that's funny it's a really fun show they're all on youtube it's great Anybody got anything fun planned for the weekend? Uh, gonna stay in and watch some Mel Brooks movies over at Mary's. Fun. Try to stay warm. A lot of that. You gotta ask to record a podcast covering Bicentennial Man. <laughs> Which is pretty, I mean, I had some choice in the matter, and because I'd been just watching Foundation, I was like, you know, this is actually, I want to rewatch Bicentennial Man. I still get misty-eyed. I don't think I've seen it since it came out. 1999. Mm-hmm. Snubbed at the Oscars. I don't think I liked it that much, but... Oh, okay. I... Refresh my memories. Robin, Robin Williams. Williams is a robot. Oh, okay, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. 
I remember not liking it, but I was also like 15. So. I should look at the box office for it. It's one of my favorite movies ever, but I'm curious why other people don't like it. Because it's not talked about a lot. I'm not sure if somebody put a pheasant on my front door or it's a package. It looks like a pheasant. <laughs> Do you have any neighborhood pets present. that like you? No, I saw the delivery guy come up when when we were recording because I got a notification of of uh, motion. And I looked down. It could be a package, like with clothes or whatever, that's up uh, on its end. But in this, uh, in this, it definitely looks like a pheasant. That's funny. Excelsior!